Hey guys, welcome to the Economic State. I'm Alan Lanier. Let's get right into the news. Global stocks tank as investor fears of a second wave of coronavirus surge, driving riskier assets out of love. This is an article by Markets Insider. Global stocks tanked on Monday as investors assessed increases in COVID-19 cases and the odds of another lockdown in China and increasing infections in the U.S. as fears of so-called second wave grow. The Financial Times reported on the weekend that 80 new cases were recorded in Beijing over the weekend. This marked the end of a 50-day period where Beijing had reported no new cases, raising the, spe raising the specter of a second wave of COVID-19 and lockdown hitting the Chinese capital. The risk spooked investors all across the globe, with every, mar every major stock index down. Futures underlying the three major stock indices in the U.S. were all set to open lower by more than 1.5%. Markets were already volatile last week as the U.S. faced an uptick in COVID-19 cases, and many states discussed a retightening lockdown measures. The risk prompted the Dow to face its worst day since March last Thursday, in part due to the risk of a second wave and traders weighed Fed Chair Jerome Powell's Jerome Powell's comments that the pandemic could result in a, in a permanent damage to employment. Texas reported record coronavirus hospitalizations, while Florida notched its worst weekly increase in cases. Arizona and California are revealed spikes, also revealed spikes. The surging case counts pushed the U.S. total above 2 million. Naeem Aslam, chief market analyst at Avitrade, said the surge in the new the surge in the new coronavirus infection rate in the U.S. has become the biggest concern for investors, and this is denting the sentiment. For speculators, this is the, like Christmas coming early. They have been labeling the stock market rally as one of the most unloved rallies in the history of trading. Aslam added, riskier assets are completely out of love, and volatility is likely to surge once again. Stephen In Stephen Ines or Ins, sorry if I mispronounce that. Stephen Ins, chief global market strategist at AxiCorp, said, "With the U.S. futures down nearly three percent, it still feels like there is still much, still too much good news in the price in the face of a secondary outbreak. What appeared to be little more than a flesh wound last week could yet prove to be a, mo a mortal one by week's end if the COVID-19 curve in the U.S. does not revert." In Ins added. Here's the market roundup as of 11 a.m. in London. European equities fell, with Germany, Germany's DAX down 1%, Britain's FTSE 100 down 1%, and the Euro stocks 50 down 1.1%. Asian indexes fell, Hong Kong's Hang Seng, Hang Seng fell 2.1%, China's Shanghai Compo Composite fell 1%, and Japan's Nikkei I'm saying that right, fell 3.5%. U.S. stocks are set to open lower. Futures underlying the Dow Jones Industrial Average are down 1.8%, the S&P 500 down 1.6%, and the NASDAQ down 1.3%. Oil prices fell. West Texas Intermediate fell 1.8% at $35.62 a barrel, and Brent fell 0.8% to $38.42 a barrel. The benchmark 10-year Treasury yield fell to 0.68%. Gold fell 1% to $1,717 per pound. 
as well as seeing a surge in coronavirus cases, China also reported mixed economic data Monday. Analysts at Rabobank, Rabobank said, as an example of that, China's as an example of that, China's latest data releases have mostly disappointed. New home prices were up 0.5% month over month, as that epic bubble shows yet another mini leg higher. However, in the actual actual econo- economy, we saw industrial production up only 4.4% year over year versus 5.0% expected. In short, even with a build it and they will come attitude, and even with the virus having beaten it, it still looks like China's quarter to GDP will be negative year on year, added Rabobank's analysts. Value added industrial output grew 4.4% on year, year on year, and was higher than the 3.9% growth of growth recorded in the previous month but a Kaixin, Kaixin, Kaixin survey had expected industrial output to 5%. The bearish sentiment fed into both U.S. and international oil markets. WTI was down as much as 5% in earlier trade, although it had rebounded by late morning in Europe. Jeffrey Halley, senior market analyst, Asia Pacific OANDA, said oil prices climbed very modestly on Friday, in sympathy with equities but have sunk rapidly this morning as secondary outbreak COVID-19 concerns sweep the markets. Both benchmarks recorded sharp losses on Thursday when fears first surfaced that a second wave is due to hit the U.S. So again, this is an article from Markets Insider. This was published as of June 15th. It was last... Today's the 16th. So it was published yesterday. As I'm recording, this is Monday the 16th. Oh, today is the 15th. Excuse me. So this is published today. Uh, if you have looked at your portfolio today, uh, many of you may not want to these days. Uh, I have a friend who refuses to look at his portfolio during times like these. If you're looking at it now, you probably saw a little bit of a surge, a little bit rocky in some areas. Uh, just depends on what you're invested in. Uh, again, it's like they said, it's very rocky territory with uh, volatile stocks, especially aggressive stocks. Let's move on. Uh, this is an article from the Dow from Forbes. Dow Jones futures tumble as China COVID-19 outbreak sparks fear of second wave. Stock market and oil plunge. The Dow Jones futures are plunging today and the coronavirus stock market rally has come under a significant threat after the S&P 500 and Dow broke through some major levels last week. Investors are increasingly becoming anxious after China reported a sizable increase of coronavirus cases for the first time in nearly 50 days. The infection rate is spiking in the U.S., and the conversations regarding a second wave have become highly misdirected. But the concerns of a potential lockdown in Beijing remain a chief threat due to the new cases. Riskier assets are entirely out of favor, and volatility is likely to surge once again. Oil prices are down massively today, with a WTI crude oil down over 5% today. The safe haven asset, gold, is failing to, add, to attract bids. This is because investors are worried whether we are going to see a repeat of the situation that we experienced during March this year, when large institutions had to sell their gold positions to save themselves from margin calls. However, it is essential to keep in mind 
the world is better equipped to deal with a second wave if there is one. The chances of shutting down the whole world economy like before are still minuscule, even though investors are concerned that it may happen. What we need, what we need is good news on the coronavirus, coronavirus vaccine. And the moment we get more positive announcements about a coronavirus vaccine, the stock market is likely to roar once again as the bulls stand ready to take, vengeance, take, take their vengeance. Stock market breath, something that filters the noise and provi provides the actual picture of the stock market rally, shows how the bull moment has lost its mojo. It's an article by Naeem Aslam. This is, this is the article that was referenced in the BitMarket Insider article. And this is published today. It's published today, just shortly before the other article. All right, so what, what can we get out of that? So obviously you saw last week a, uh, a lot of uncertainty. My, my personal portfolio was up significantly at the beginning of the week. And by the end of the week, it was it was down quite a bit too, but not quite, not down, uh, not down as much as it was before the surge in the stock market. Uh, luckily, oil prices are increasing. Uh, they're above zero or above negative, which is always a good thing. Uh, there are companies that are still, some oil companies that are still may take out loans and having to be bailed out, unfortunately. Uh, so if you so if you invest in commodities like oil, uh, I, I've always been hesitant to invest in commodities, uh, oil especially, because in times like these, oil and uh, like during war, since our oil come a lot of it came from overseas during wartime, it's hard to get oil. Uh, uh, it's different, like it's different than before when we got a lot of our oil from. Uh, the Middle East, or from Russia, or from uh, Canada, we mo we get it a lot from fracking now, so we get it uh, like in the U.S. So that's a little bit safer now. But all in all, if you are, I, I did see an article about people who used to go to casinos. They uh, oh no, since they can't go to casinos, they have taken up day trading. And there are actually quite a few people who have taken up day trading that are have never traded before, or maybe haven't traded as as much as is required to day trade, which is is very interesting. Day trading, I don't suggest anyone do it. it. You have to. The whole point of day trading is you're timing the market and going in and out every single day, and it's been proven that that short term may work out if you're lucky most of the time it doesn't work out long term and that's been proven with every economic analyst and every financial analyst you can you can go look it up yourself uh and even even uh like right now is a perfect market for people who uh do options uh the i follow a newsletter and he does a an inner circle inner circle where he has uh, options. And I stay away from options just because I'm not knowledgeable enough to, to do options. I get the basic concept of it, where you, uh, you're basically borrowing stock that's not yours and then you sell it and buy it again, sell it at a high price, buy it again, a lower price, stuff like that. 
very I have a very small understanding of it. But for a market like this, I think is ideal for options because of how much of a roller coaster ride it is. Uh, but the point is, uh, it the stock market is going up and down. And if and if I if you are looking at your portfolio, you probably are worried. You in the long term, you probably shouldn't be. Uh, as you can see, anything can happen. There will not be a second shutdown, a second lockdown, uh, as you can uh, as you'll find out later on in the segment. The uh, governments are probably not likely to shut down the economy again even though the CDC suggests that they do. All right, so let's move on. So if you haven't heard, there is a, a, a sub-republic or sub-country, a, a mini-country has developed in America, and therefore a mini-economy. So I wanted to cover that for a second. If you haven't heard, there is a new republic called Chaz, the Republic of Chaz. These uh, group of people, not sure who they are, BLM, Antifa, whatever, they uh, have decided to barricade several blocks in Seattle and uh, call it the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. And if you haven't heard of this, it's uh, you. I'm surprised you haven't. I've actually actually I've talked to a lot of people and they haven't heard of this. But uh, a group of people have gotten together and decided that they no longer want to live in the U.S. So they they basically, the police left that area, so that's why they were able to do it in the first place. They took over that area, kind of like gangsters. They took over that area, blocked it off, and said, "You, if you enter there, you are no longer in America. So real quick, I want to read this article. This article sums it up pretty well. I, I think he was spoofing it. I think he was being funny. I don't think he was being serious. I, I don't doubt he's Democrat. I don't doubt that... Uh, he is like he supports the BLM movement, but I don't think he thinks this is a wise decision for people who live in Chaz, Chazonians, as, as I've heard them called. So let me go ahead and read this article. It's by Chicago Tribune. It's written by John Cass. It was as of uh, last week, June twelfth. To the good people of Chaz, greetings and salutations, my lefty friends. I'm going to help. I'm going to help you build your experimental new revolutionary nation. Now that you have your borders and armed militia, right in the middle of Seattle, Chaz is the Capitol Hill and autonomous zone, made up of several blocks of Seattle that were commandeered by protesters when the cops were told to pull back and let the people just loot what they wanted and run their own lives. You are now leaving the USA, says a sign at the border of Chaz. They, are, they have a farm, armed guards, snacks, art projects, and most likely poetry readings of approved texts. And they reportedly even have a tax on people and remaining businesses to help with operations. These are all in quotes. But that just might be royalist propaganda. Building a new nation isn't easy. My, Chaz, my Chazian friends... But to prove I support true diversity, I'll write, I'll write your constitution, written K-O-N-S-T-I-T-U-S-H-U-N. This is why I think this is a spoof article. So you may organize yourselves from your collective arm farms to your appropriate sports activities and even how best to wear your underwear. 
If you follow the constitution of Chaz, you'll at least be sure to keep your plants alive so you won't go hungry and begin cannibalizing the weak whom you care so much about. The first article of the constitution specifies that all plants must be nourished with brondo <laughs> because brondo has what plants crave, electrolytes. Everybody knows this to be true. If you don't know about Chaz, you're probably still stuck on old COVID-19 news. Yeah, I thought we were too. Worried that if you dare gather in groups, you'll be denounced as murderers, willing to spread disease. But then came the George Floyd protests and public health experts who did not want to be denounced as witches decided we may gather as before, even in Chaz. Besides, Chaz isn't some fake country. It, is, it isn't some fictional... It, idiocracy like the sci-fi movie that accurately depicts america's future <laughs> and from which i stole the fake brondo idea chaz isn't fiction like brondo it's a real live nation in the state of washington which soon which should soon be renamed because well the name washington triggers so many people now they might as well call it the republic of howard zinn <laughs> stay free chaz never bend the knee to president donald trump Trump is the only thing that could screw up this brave new world. So I'm warning Trump and all the Republicans to leave Chaz alone. Don't be stupid and sin in the military, Mr. President. That would be idiotic, and you'll ruin everything. The governor of Washington doesn't mind Chaz, being its own country in the middle of Seattle. And the mayor of Seattle doesn't mind either. Just let Chaz be, so it can prove to everyone how a people can govern themselves with no laws or law government or law enforcement. Just let people live in their natural state and just let and just do what feels right. And let's just see what happens. It'll be like Lord of the Flies, but with but with good coffee. Seattle Police Chief Carmen Best said pulling out the police to allow the formation of Chaz wasn't her big idea. She called it an exercise in trust and de-escalation, and she's not even the mayor of Minneapolis. Now Chaz may even have its own warlord, the rapper Raz Simone. I'm not a terrorist warlord, excuse me, but he hates being called a warlord. I mean, who wouldn't? The president really put a hit on my head, Simone tweeted. I'm not a terrorist, terrorist warlord. Okay, but maybe you better change your name to something a bit more nebishy. I don't even know what that word is. Nebishy, like say Fielding Mellish. The, neuro <laughs> the neurotic character played by Woody Allen in the movie Bananas, which is about a guy who joins a revolution because he is attracted to a revolutionary female. I, I think they're pointing at the fact that many of these people don't care about the cause that they pro proclaim to care about. They're just bored. Yes, I know Alan has been canceled, but Bananas made before Alan's cancellation explains so much about Chaz. Mr. Simone, how, how about declaring yourself king instead? But be a good king. Don't make people kneel like King Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Either way, warlord, Melish, or king, you must help your people. With everybody in your hu humid, in your humid nation already somewhat musky from lack of showers, you must protect the hygiene of the people. In Bananas, the leftist revolution prevailed in San Marcos, and the new presidente made some important announcements. 
Hear me, I am your new president. From this day on, all, pre all citizens will be required to change their underwear every half hour. Underwear will be worn on the outside so we can check. Wise words, underwear outside the pants for the good of the people. And what about re recreation? You can't very well allow the people of Chaz to play American football, which is a violent crypto-fascist game that glorifies t the taking of land. And <laughs> why did I decide to help Chaz? Because here in America, our old boring a republic, if you can keep it, thing is falling apart. It's not woke enough. We, can be we began decolonizing our libraries so that now Americans can't even remember why we started this republic thing in the first place. Hail Chaz, stay, stay free, and change your name to Fredonia. It's smoother like a good latte. <laughs> and that was by John Cass by the Chicago Pr Tribune. So that was pretty funny. That's a, that's a really good way to look at it. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to more uh, actual economic news. This is by Business, Business Insider. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the uh, stay-at-home orders and the lockdown and COVID-19, as I'm sure you really want to hear about. All right, so this is from Business Insider. This is written by Holly Sikon, Sikon June 3rd. Oh, this is earlier this month, but it's still relevant. All 50 states, all 50 states, U.S. states, she repeated herself, all 50 U.S. states have loosened restrictions, but in place, but in place earlier in the pandemic, pandemic allowing some businesses to reopen. Some cities and counties and states that are reopening still have their full lockdown policies in place. However, as do Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. I didn't say that right at all. Puerto Rico. Whatever. The goal of shelter-in-place rules is by now well understood to minimize close contact between people, thereby reducing the spread of the coronavirus and flatten flattening the epidemic curve so healthcare systems don't get overwhelmed. Excuse my bad speech. Given that, many states that are reopening still call for social distancing. In Colorado, restaurants can only have up to 50 occupants, and tables must be at least six feet apart. Alabama's retail stores are permitted to operate at 50% capacity, and workers in Kentucky are screened for fever before shifts. I know in here in Texas, there's many places that are opening up to 75% capacity. Uh, I know churches for sure, 75% capacity. I think restaurants are, I think they're giving that same criteria for, for all organizations. A map of the U.S. lockdowns. The current status of statewide orders is represented on the interactive map below. Red indicates, red, red indicates the only state with an ongoing stay-at-home order. New Jersey, though it has eased some restrictions. Partial state lockdowns are represented in tan, marking states in which at least one city or county still has a stay-at-home order. The map also shows the patchwork of more specific regulations across the country regarding retail, restaurants, and mask wearing. Alright, so here's a map. So as you, can, as you can see, and this is as of June 2nd, so this is probably a little outdated. Uh, states reopen, uh, which is a good which is a good, uh, you'll, I have another article pulled up that'll show a little bit more detail. So Texas, yes, is reopened. It's not quite as locked down as uh, more Democratic states. Uh, Pennsylvania, excuse me, New York, def definitely locked down. See, Virginia locked down, Illinois is locked down. 
Wyoming, Oregon, Washington, California. So there is only one state that is fully locked down, and that's New Jersey, but that's still as of uh, June 2nd. So that's still maybe a little bit outdated. And I think it's saying Washington, D.C. might, I think that's saying Washington, D.C. is still under uh, statewide lockdown. Uh, but there's just a few states left that are on partial lockdown, and California still has a little bit stricter uh, criteria. Texas has been, compared to how many cases we, ha we have had, they have been very lenient with their restrictions, uh, which is I think is a good thing. Arkansas, Iowa, Nebraska, North Dakota, South Dakota, Oklahoma, Utah, and Wyoming never issued a statewide stay-at-home order. Through many non-essential businesses closed in, though many non-essential businesses closed in most of these states, and some cities within them issued local lockdowns. There are many counties in Texas and that issued lockdown orders. The the major cities in Texas, cities the mayors themselves of that city issued lockdowns, like Austin, Houston. Uh, Austin and Houston were the first cities to lock down. The definition of an essential business varies by location, but the non-essential non tends to apply to most recreational businesses. So like bars, uh, hair salons, things like that. Grocery stores, banks, and pharmacies have stayed open, but in some places, restaurants have had to convert their operations to takeout. Museums are mostly still closed. Rules about salons, construction operations, parks, and marijuana dispensaries vary by region. At the peak... Excuse me. At the peak of the U.S. lockdowns, 94% of the population was affected. At the end of March, 42 states and more cities and counties were under stay-at-home orders. A total of 308 million people, or 94% of the U.S. population. Even as some states have reopened, however, many counties and many counties in them have extended local stay-at-home orders. That's the case, for example, in the San Francisco Bay Area and Los Angeles area in California. For at-risk populations in Lake County, Florida, and in Harris County, Texas, where Houston is. The states beginning to loosen restrictions aren't all taking the same approach. For example, California, New York, Oregon, and Washington have allowed rural counties that haven't been hit as hard to reopen, while harder-hit urban counties remain under strict, stricter rules. Nearly every state has allowed retail operations to reopen, though some only by for only for curbside pickup. Colorado, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, and Washington State have been allowing curbside pickup since early May. Other states, such as Alabama, Alabama, Indiana, Iowa, North Carolina, and Tennessee, allow retailers to operate at reduced capacity. In South Carolina, Governor Henry McMaster's order. McMaster's order calls for no more than five retail customers per 1,000 square feet. My goodness. Arizona stipulates that customers must stay six feet from one another and employees. Under most stay-at-home orders, restaurants were allowed to continue to sell food for takeout and delivery. Now, many states are allowing restaurants to reopen for dining customers. Texas is one of those states. With restrictions, some states limit diners to outdoor seating, cap the number of diners inside a space to 25% or 50% of its capacity, or keep dine-in or keep dine experiences reservations only, 
In Nebraska, for example, restaurants can operate at half capacity. In Florida, outdoor seating areas at restaurants can open, and indoor seating areas can operate at 25 capacity. All right, now, so now we're moving on to uh, statements from the CDC. They, they have been measuring the resurgence in COVID cases, and they have been suggesting uh, dramatic, uh, some dramatic measures. They want to, they suggest states that uh, they should re-lock down or lock down again. This is an article by CNBC. This is by Berkeley, Berkeley Loveless Jr. William Foyer. This is updated on June 15th, so this was today. CDC warns U.S. may re-implement strict coronavirus measures if cases go up dramatically. States may need to re-implement the strict social distancing measures that were put in place earlier this year if U.S. coronavirus, coronavirus cases rise dramatically. A Centers for Disease Control and Prevention official said Friday. Right now, communities are experiencing different levels of transmission occurring. As they gradually ease up onto the community mitigation efforts and gradually reopen, the CDC's Deputy Director for Infection Diseases, Jay Butler, told reporters during a press briefing, a press briefing If cases began to go up again, particularly if they go up dramatically, it's important to recognize that more mitigation efforts such as such what were implemented back in March may be needed again, Butler said. He said the decision to re-implement measures will have to be made locally and based on what is happening within the community regarding disease transmission. The pandemic is not over, and it's important to recognize that COVID-19 is still making headlines everywhere, he added. There is a concern, for, there is a concern by public health ex experts that some states are opening prematurely, but there is also a desire to mitigate economic hardships as U.S. job losses mount. Keeping, open, keeping, op keeping up the, the pressure on state leaders to allow people to go back to work. Texas, for example, was among the first states to relax its statewide stay-at-home order, allowing it to, spot to expire April 30th. This week, the state reported a new, new highs in cases and a series of record-breaking coronavirus hospitalizations. COVID-19 has sickened more than 2 million Americans and killed at least 113,820 since the first confirmed case last case less than five months ago, according to data compiled by John Hopkins University. It's unclear what would be considered a dramatic rise. Texas is not alone in seeing an increase in cases after lifting the stay-at-home order. At least 23 states are seeing a rise in cases when looking at a seven-day average of daily new cases. Overall, the U.S. is seeing roughly 20,000 new cases a day, according to John Hopkins data. With the CDC allowing states to chart their course, we're, li we're likely to see a, mi uh, a mix of response responses to cases and increase case increases on a state-by-state -state basis. Excuse me. For example, Oregon and Utah put further reopening measures on, a hold, on hold after seeing a spike in cases. However, Texas is continuing to loosen its, restric its restrictions even as cases climb higher. The CDC updated its national state-by-state -state forecast for the number of people expected to die of COVID-19 in the month ahead. The agency says it's now expected, expecting between 124,000 and 140,000 total COVID-19 deaths in the U.S. by July 4th. The CDC added that it expects COVID-19 deaths to accelerate in Arizona, Arkansas, Hawaii, North Carolina, Utah, and Vermont over the next four weeks compared to the past four weeks. On Friday, the CDC published results from a survey which found that a majority of Americans say they would not feel safe 
if social distancing measures meant meant to curb the spread of the coronavirus were lifted nationwide. Of the 2,402 people who completed the survey, 74 percent, 74.3% nationwide reported that they that they would feel unsafe if U.S. restrictions were lifted, compared with 81.5% in New York City, 73.4% in Los Angeles, according to the CDC. New York, New York City and Los Angeles have seen some of the largest outbreaks in the U.S. Real quick, if you can see my screen, this is a, a chart of hospitalizations rising in different states. So Arkansas, you can see from April to June, it went down in May, and then when we started reopening in, in the latter latter days of May, actually we started opening in the, Texas at least started opening up in May, in April. Oh, and you can see, as soon as we started opening up in April, cases started to go up. And other states, as they reopened, they had an increase in cases. CDC Director Robert Redfield told reporters Friday that it continues to be extremely important that Americans embrace recommendations such as hand washing and wearing a face covering when in public. I know that people are eager to return to normal activities and ways of life. Important that we remember this. He said, this situation is unprecedented and that the pandemic has not ended. The CDC also released guidance on how Americans can resume certain activities like dining out or using the gym safely. The briefing Friday, Friday was the CDC's first open news briefing in three months. The CDC has remained largely silent on, silent on the pandemic. Last month, the agency quietly released detailed guidance for reopening schools, mass transit, and non-essential businesses that had been shut down in an attempt to curb the spread of the coronavirus in the U.S. All right, so real quick, let's go back over those, uh, those increase in cases or hospitalizations. So these are each state uh, as they opened up. Texas, I know, April opened up April 30th. So you can see as soon as it opened up, it's on increasing cases. Uh, other states, you can see as they opened up, they had an increase in cases. Uh, the thing to know about this is that this is also during uh, let's see Mar the riots for the past two weeks. This is also during the riots, and this is also due to the fact that, uh, especially in cities with uh, where people aren't so compacted together, where there's more space between people. They, they don't see the reason to keep following these rules. Some of them are taking it seriously, but in places uh, like a lot of areas in Texas, they, they don't really approve of a long-term restriction on whether or not they can go out or or go interact with people. Uh, so you, obviously you can see that as soon as it opened up, people went out and increasing cases. So it's just something to keep in mind. It, I don't see Texans following a second lockdown. I, I don't see a lot of states following a second lockdown. There were many states that were hesitant to even do a lockdown. There were many states that didn't do a lockdown in the first place. Uh, so yeah, so just keep that in mind. If you're in a heavy pop, heavily populated city, you probably have no choice. Uh, it is so easy to interact with other people and for diseases to transmute between other other individuals. Uh, transmit, excuse me, uh, to transmit between one person to another in a, in a densely populated city. That's why Harris County 
had, and also Austin had a large spike in cases. All right, so let's continue our, our evaluation of the stock market. Uh, the Fed has been uh, do, doing a little bit of talking. They've said that they will not cut any rates anymore. Uh, it's, it's at zero right now, so they won't be doing any more, and it's, it's not like they can do any more. But uh, there's an article by CNBC, uh, Fred Impert and Yoon Lee. This was on June 14th, last week. Dow closes 150 points higher as Fed announcement sparks big comeback from massive losses. So this is when uh, we saw the big spike in uh, the stock market last week. This was yesterday, Sunday. Stocks jumped on Monday, re recovering from earlier losses as the Federal Reserve announced further measures to support the market amid the coronavirus pandemic. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed 157.62 points higher, or 0.6%, to close at 25,763.16 points. The S&P 500 gained 0.8% to end the day at 3,066.59 points, while the Nasdaq Composite advanced 1.4% to 9,726.02 points. Shares of Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Apple led the gains, rising more than 1% each. J.P. Morgan Chase, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, and Bank of America gained at least 0.8%. Earlier in the day, the major stocks' average, averages had fallen sharply. The Dow traded more than 760 points lower before rebounding. The S&P 500 and NASDAQ fell as much as 2.5% and 1.9% respectively. So this is uh, as of today stocks rebound from early losses. So the stock market you can see is rebounding a little bit from last week's uh, roller, coaster, roller coaster ride from a downward spiral. This is S&P 500. The, the Fed said it would, bear, it would buy individual corporate bonds, marking a broader approach to corporate buy, bond buying. The Fed previously had indicated that it eventually would buy bonds on the primary market but Monday's announcement marked an expansion of that into the secondary market. This latest announcement also shows the Fed will continue to support credit markets during the coronavirus. The Fed is always going to try and show who's boss, said Ila, Ilya Fagan. Fagan? Fagan? I'm going to say it's Fagan. Senior strategist at Wallach Beth Capital. It's continuously proving it can do more and it's effective. That's been the primary, primary driver of this market. The iShares iBox investment-grade corporate bond ETF, LQD, shot up to its session high after the Fed, announced closing more than, Fed announcement closing more than 1% higher. Monday's action followed a big pullback last week triggered by rising fears of resurgence in the virus, as well as investors' profit-taking after the massive comeback. The Dow and S&P 500 lost 5.5% and 4.7% 4 last week, respectively, while the Nasdaq checked shed 2.3%. All three major equity benchmarks suffered their worst week since March 20th. That was last week. The melt-up melt may need to take a break as sentiment has turned too bullish too rapidly. So before the meltdown of, of last week, which not quite a meltdown, but it was a dramatic uh, difference from the, uh, the resurgence we saw a couple weeks back, Ed Yardini, president and chief investment strategist 
at Yardini Research said in a note on Sunday, now that reopening is happening, there's a fear of suboptimal results, less social distancing triggering a second wave of the virus following by, followed by another round of lockdowns. So this is, the, this is the actual thing that people are afraid of. It's not quite the cases that they're afraid of, it's the lockdown. They're afraid that there's gonna be another lockdown and this, the fact that their cases resurged last week and that data is coming out showing that people who, states that have re, uh, relieved a lot of restrictions and a lot of their lockdowns are showing an increase in cases and uh, people are afraid that, it's, that that's, gonna mean more, that's going to mean more lockdown and more businesses shut down for a longer period of time. And for states like New York and California and Washington, where that's a lot of businesses and that's a lot of uh, our U.S. economy, uh, that's bad news just in general for the stock market. States in the reopening process, including Alabama, California, Florida, and North Carolina, are reporting a rise in daily new coronavirus cases. Texas and North Carolina reported a record number of virus-related hospitalizations Saturday. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, former FDA chief, told CNBC emerging coronavirus, case, coronavirus hotspots could quickly get out of control. Meanwhile, Gov Governor Andrew Cuomo warned New Yorkers against triggering a second wave of the coronavirus. He said on Sunday the state has received 25,000 complaints about businesses violating rules of the phased reopening threatening to take liquor licenses from bars and restaurants. The coronavirus is spiking up again, and that's a problem, said Peter Cardillo, chief market econ economist at Spartan Capital Securities, noting there was also over-exuberance in the market. The market was discounting a quicker economic rebound. So a quick takeaway from all of this is that whenever the riots started happening and the uh, state started opening up businesses, people for a second for forgot about the COVID uh, epidemic and were quick, especially, I think, uh, funds, like mutual funds and day traders, they're a little bit eager to get back into the market. So you saw that, the market jumped up, and as soon as people reminded, oh, COVID is still a thing, uh, fears of another lockdown uh, overwhelmed the market and it dropped dramatically. But uh, that's gonna be our show today. Tune in next week for another episode of The Economic State. Thank you for joining me, I'm Alan Lanier.